You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, the Nazarite vow. While only descendants of Aaron could be consecrated as priests, and only Levites could be their assistants, God provided a way for any Israelite, man or woman, to make a special vow and dedicate themselves to the Lord as a Nazarite. In this way, anyone could be priestly or dedicated to God's service. This was for a limited period of time, usually about a month. There are two cases in scripture where the person is set apart by God to be a Nazarite for life. Those are Samson and John the Baptist. Verses 3 and 4, Dietary Restrictions for the Nazarite Vow. There are three main aspects of the Nazarite vow. They were to avoid alcohol, abstain from cutting their hair, and stay away from dead bodies which would defile them. First, the dietary restriction. They must abstain from wine or other fermented drink and must not drink grape juice or eat grapes or raisins. As long as they remain under the Nazarite vow, they must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, not even the seeds or skins. This was rather straightforward and was similar to the prohibition against priests drinking wine while serving in the tabernacle. Verse 5, no haircut. A second aspect of this entire time period was that no razor must be used on their heads. They must be holy until the period of their dedication to the Lord is over. They must let their hair grow long. One might wonder how this is priestly, but it is called the symbol of their dedication to God which is similar to the high priest's crown, Exodus 28:36. It also signified neglect of the body as opposed to its care and indulgence. In the case of Samson, his long hair was specifically related to his special gift of strength. Verses 6 to 8, avoid ceremonial uncleanness. The third stipulation of the vow involved the avoidance of dead bodies, which would make them ceremonially unclean. This was similar to the requirement for priests, and this was applicable even if in the case of close relatives. It says, even if their own father or mother or brother or sister dies, they must not make themselves ceremonially unclean on account of them, because the symbol of their dedication to God is on their head. Throughout the period of their dedication, they are consecrated to the Lord. Verses 9 through 12, extenuating circumstances. Although the person planned to remain ceremonially clean and kept away from dead bodies, there were times when it could not be avoided. If someone dies suddenly in the Nazarite's presence, thus defiling the hair that symbolizes their dedication, they must shave their head on the seventh day, the day of their cleansing. Then on the eighth day, they must bring two doves or two young pigeons to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest is to offer one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering to make atonement for the Nazarite because they sinned by being in the presence of the dead body. That same day they are to consecrate their head again. They must rededicate themselves to the Lord for the same period of dedication and must bring a year-old lamb as a guilt offering. The previous days do not count because they became defiled during their period of dedication. So this inadvertent defilement could be rectified with an offering and a rededication. They were to start over. 
And this is a good illustration that even if we have good intentions, sin can contaminate our efforts, so it calls for renewed cleansing. Verses 13 through 21, the conclusion of the Nazarite vow period. At the end of the period of dedication, the person is to go to the entrance of the tabernacle, or later the temple. They are to present a burnt offering, sin offering, and a fellowship offering, along with grain and drink offerings and a basket of bread. After the offerings are sacrificed, the Nazarite must shave off his hair, which symbolizes his or her dedication. Then they are to place it in the fire under the fellowship offering. Then the priest hands them part of the ram and some of the bread, which are then waved as a wave offering and given to the priest. And after that, the Nazarite is released from his vow and may drink wine again. So these are the minimum requirements for offerings, but they may give anything additional that they can afford. The main idea is that if a person has made a vow, they must fulfill it. Verses 22 to 27, the Aaronic Blessing. Having now been counted and organized, God tells Moses to tell Aaron and his sons to bless the Israelites. A blessing is God's favor, benevolence, and protection. This is what they are to say. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So this promises God's presence, his preservation, and his peace. The image of God's blessing coming from his face is found in several other scriptures as well. But by contrast, God tells Jeremiah that he will curse the people of Judah by hiding his face. He says, like a wind from the east, I will scatter them before their enemies. I will show them my back and not my face in the day of their disaster. But now he says, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. To put his name on them represented his person and character. And there is no greater blessing than to have the blessing of God on your life because he has been gracious to you. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? Only certain people could be priests or Levites, but anyone, male or female, could devote themselves to God in a special way for a period of time. In the New Covenant, while only men who are called can be pastors, Anyone can and should dedicate themselves to God. John the Baptist was set apart by God to be a Nazarite for life, and this was decided before he was even born. The Apostle Paul fulfilled the Nazarite vow in the book of Acts. Jesus was a Nazarene, not a Nazarite, but his life of dedication represented all that the vow signified. He is pure, consecrated, dedicated, anointed, holy, harmless, and undefiled. One aspect of the Nazarite vow was avoidance of wine or strong drink. Pastors and deacons should also use alcohol in moderation. Even if the person meant well, they could become defiled and ceremonially unclean inadvertently. So, they would need to bring an offering and start over. We may have good intentions, but we fail. For that, there is grace. Even if everything was done correctly, at the end, they were still required to bring an offering because they were sinners. Even with our best efforts, we must confess that we are unprofitable servants and have only done our duty. But thankfully, we are accepted in the one he loves. The Nazarite vow was public, not private. Our profession of faith must be public. 
The Beatitudes Jesus spoke of in the Sermon on the Mount are blessings. Jesus' life was a fulfillment of God's covenant with Abraham and all the Old Testament prophecies. Jesus blessed his disciples before his ascension. On those upraised hands were the marks of his suffering, which brought all spiritual blessings to us. The priests blessed God's people using the name of the Lord three times. Some think this hints at the Trinity. The Apostle Paul blessed the Corinthian believers by using all persons of the Trinity. He says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Included in it is grace, love, and fellowship. You've been listening to the Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Numbers chapter 7. May God bless the study of his word.